Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. This week, we are bringing you another mind-blowing Q&A with our nutrition crew, Tyler Mitten and Leah Kay. Recently, we've been polling the masses to send us your questions. After filtering out the hundreds of personal inquiries about Texas hair secrets, we were left with a handful of relevant nutrition inquiries. Hear the crew educate on how you can start getting your food to do its damn job, making you jacked, fast, successful, and of course, good looking. Is it possible to lean out and maintain performance? Is keto the right diet for you? Does carb backloading really work? And what's the deal with dark matter? If we can't see it, how do we even know it's there? Okay, so we won't be answering that last question, but Tyler does bring us a great no bullshit rant on why your diet may not be working for you. As he so aptly puts it, you can go six weeks without training and you'll be fine, but go six weeks without eating and you die. Little shout out to the interns who tested that hypothesis. The bottom line is that if people attacked their diet with the same veracity as training, we'd have a lot fewer questions and this podcast would basically be irrelevant. This is episode 173. Power Athlete Nation, what is up? You have Luke here, and we have a special little nutrition episode of the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. You heard it here, folks. I got Leia Kay on the line, and I got Tyler Mitten on the line. It's just the three amigos and us, three amigoas, here to talk and chat some nutrition. So, uh, guys, what's going on? Leia, what's up? Um, not much. We're just gearing up here at my gym for our biggest competition that we host every year coming up on Saturday. So it's been a bit of a busy week, um, but it's been fun. Well, good stuff. What's the competition? The, the, have, the suspense uh, is fucking oh, killing me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's actually our CrossFit competition. Well, no, excuse me. Our fitness competition, uh, Bring the Heat 7. This is the seventh year that we've done it. This year we have... Almost 400 athletes competing in a all partners, uh, same sex partners competition, and we have especially on the girls' side some sick athletes coming. Like I think we've got over 15 regional athletes that are going to be there, so it should be really fun. Nice, nice, nice. And Tyler, how are you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. How are you? So for see, we for our listeners here, we are on a video conference. So I get to see Tyler and Leah and Tyler is in the dark doing God knows what. We can only see a silhouette and he's running around with what looks like a hatchet or a machete. So what's going on there, Tyler? Man, when, when we do video, it's really hard for me to like do it naked. So I just decided I was going to keep the lights off. Um, I get really, I get really shy. You not so much, but Leah's a chick. Uh, That's weird. I mean, yeah, dude. Like semi appropriate lights on, lots of eye contact. With, um, yeah, <laughs> it's also zoomed in on Luke's face right yeah. now. So I've got naked Tyler and Luke's face. This is not. Yeah, you, you I don't know what happened. Best of both worlds, arguably. Um, you guys, said, I don't know. Let's say, let's say we. I mean, we're just kind of getting getting in this cadence of uh, of really getting some focus on nutrition because we're getting a lot of a lot of questions via email and forums and everything and on our, our Facebook group. So if somebody's new to the podcast and this is their very first episode, let's get just kind of brief background on why the heck you guys are smarter than me or whoever's asking these questions. What makes you so special on the nutrition team? So Leah, why don't don't you go ahead and you start? Well, I've got a, well, first of all, I've got a a nursing degree, which is, I mean, it's all right. 
unfortunately in, in meta or in nursing school or medicine, they don't, they don't really teach that great a nutritional, um, information. So uh, a lot of the stuff that I learned with regards to this style of eating, you know, power athlete nutrition, things like that came after I got my degree, but I was, I've been interested in it for a long time. So I've done a lot of extra education and, um, uh, research related to this style of eating, I guess you could call it. Well, it's power athlete nutrition, paleo somewhat, um, whole foods diet, that kind of thing. And right now I work at a part-time, besides owning a CrossFit gym, I work part-time at a functional medicines office doing nutrition with uh, some MDs and a couple other nutritionists. So, and that's why I'm smarter than you, obviously. Fair enough. <laughs> the story checks out. Tyler, what's up, man? Give a little background on yourself. Yeah. So, I, you know, I went to school, studied nutrition. Um, you know, I, I was a wrestler the turned professional fighter. So I've always been kind of a, a weight class guy. I have to worry about nutrition in terms of that. Uh, began mentoring under the baddest geek on the planet, uh, Rob Wolf, like the, the smartest guy in the world who also does BJJ and kills things with an atlatl. Um, you know, and Rob kind of introduced me to uh, more of kind of, you know, what I practice now, um, performance, recovery, style, nutrition. Um, you know, started really diving into that, started working with a lot of UFC athletes and a lot of, uh, you know, other weight class athletes. Um, you know, just kind of reached out to power athlete, saw a need um, in the power athlete community for nutrition. And it was right at the time when you all were looking for it. So we just kind of teamed up and it's been excellent ever since. Well, right on people, I guess, without further, any, anything else we got to catch up on guys. I mean, we know Texas, Texas gallivanting about in Rome, uh, I guess trying finding it hard to stay gluten free. Yes, that's what it sounds Asking like for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I honestly, that, that that is kind of maybe a good question on how to. I mean, just generically, we travel quite a bit for our gig, and I know some people are you know have asked like, "Hey, on the road, I'm having a hard time this or that." But yeah. uh, you know, personal strategy: I'm flying to Germany tomorrow night, and it, you know, airplane food and airport food is dog shit. But our, my strategy is just cook some stuff up, get a, get a, a muffin tray, throw some meat in there with some veggies and, and make some meat cakes. And then you pack that sucker for the flight. But once you're there, you just got to kind of be smart. And one, you know, we've talked about this before balance. Don't be weird. Yeah. Don't be weird. Ba like explore the local culture. You only live once. This world is so small. Like what if you taste the best thing in the world? You know, a, a one point on a sequence doesn't define like, so you slip up a fucking day and have a, a croissant, witch or something, I don't know. But, uh, but at the same time, I mean, meat, meat and veggies is do your best, right? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you got what a week in Rome, a week in Germany, that's not going to kill you. So no, if you, if you visit Rome and you don't eat pasta and gelato, you're a douche. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, it's not going to kill you unless you've got a serious condition that's really going to legitimately like fuck your world up. I mean, obviously you don't want to spend your week in Rome sitting on a toilet in the bathroom of uh, your hotel. One, yeah. Right. One thing, one thing I've found when I, when I travel to places like that is if it's a short, a very short stay, like a couple of days, you know, I try to just eat like the locals, like enjoy good food. Um, you know, and, and do like that. But you know, the one thing you'll find is eating like the locals in other parts of the world usually means you're eating better than Americans eat. So you're, you're yeah. eating a pretty good quality. Um, you know, I, I walk a lot, only go places, you know, especially with the UFC. Like when I went to Rome, I don't ever get a car. I try to stay centralized and then just walk everywhere. So there's days I'm walking miles. 
Uh, I still try to work out every chance I get. I get more sleep than I would here because I don't have much responsibilities. Um, like it's, it's more often than not when I travel somewhere like that, I actually, like I don't gain any weight or anything. I don't really watch my diet too much. I make sure I get plenty of protein, you know, and then I, I eat whatever kind of, you know, carb choices are a little bit more local to them, but I don't really, I don't really worry about it too much. Yeah. Right on. Right on. So, well, why don't we dive into this Q and a and let's barrel forward here. All right. Because fine, I'm just going to talk about it. So our fucking internet at the office is down because we're next to Volcom HQ fabrication shop, which builds like all these cool fucking displays. But I guess in order to work there, you have to be like a surf skate stoner. And these guys literally just ended up backing a forklift up into our fucking internet. Like they crashed into the internet. So this was supposed to be recorded a little earlier today. And this, I'm lucky I'm on West Coast time because it's only six o'clock here. Tyler, you're you're like nine o'clock, right? It's nine PM. Dude, that's past my bedtime. I can't do that. I've got to wake up at five AM to go do fucking PAMC two point tomorrow. I can't oh. be up that late, man. But um yeah, so if this sounds a little rushed, I apologize. Okay. So I might just be ushering this along because I got dinner to make. I'm a, I'm I got that hangry going on, you know? <laughs> But uh, I'm going to jump in with, my, with our guy, uh, I guess, C. Watson C. And this, is, uh, this was the first question posted, Leia, so I know you're excited for this one. Um, okay, so being a competitive CrossFit athlete, there's already some questions to ask on that. Um, what does Training that mean? <laughs> five times a week, following competitors' training, questions on that as well. How, would, how should I be eating? I normally stick to chicken and or beef with veggies. Also, I eat six times a day normally. Uh, is that enough or should I be adding something in? I guess you can say I'm on a zone diet. I don't or I have blocks I usually have to meet. So, oh, man. Where how do you should start? this guy be eating? He's a competitive CrossFit athlete. Let's first try to dissect what the actual demographic is. Um, does this sound like a regional regionals qualifying type of person? Maybe like fringe, maybe, or they want to, they're a Yeah. I don't know. You never aspiring. Potentially. Training, five training days a week. Um, competitors training, which I'm assuming is a block training. So a strength block, skill block, gymnastics block, yeah. com block, Endurance. something like that. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. So chicken and beef and veggies. Um, I don't know. I'm not seeing a lot of carbs in here. But I, what, again, what the fuck do I know? I just look like the homeless guy from. You live in a, a van down by the river. <laughs> so I don't know. What do you? What's what's your response here? I noticed the first thing I noticed when I looked at it was chicken and beef and veggies. Okay, where's your carbs? If you're a competitive athlete of really multiple different styles of athlete, it could be CrossFit or MMA or whatever you're going to need carbs and a lot. And most competitive CrossFitters need a lot more than they're actually eating. So the problem with, and like we had kind of discussed before, the zone diet in and of itself isn't necessarily a problem. It just depends on what blocks you've been assigned. Whoever, I guess he said he has blocks he has to meet. I'm assuming that someone told him to eat this way um, and gave him like, okay, this is how many blocks you need to eat. Well, what is that number? And most, uh, people that I've talked to or dealt with that are dealing with the zone diet or block system are under eating. And a lot of CrossFitters are under eating to begin with, honestly, because a lot of them think they need to be leaner. They need to be, they're focusing a lot on aesthetics or how they look 
more than necessarily performance, or maybe they're kind of linked together. Like, okay, if I was lighter, I'd be better. I'd be faster, which is true to some extent, but you know, I don't, I, there's, where are your carbs, bro? I got to know what you're eating. And the thing which goes into a totally different topic, you're eating chicken or beef. Is it the only protein that you're eating? Because that can be a problem too, depending on how, um, you, you know, if you're not mixing stuff up again, you can cause all sorts of other issues. So that's my question, Tyler. I mean, you're, you, you've worked with more really hardcore athletes than even I do. So, well, I mean, I guess Leah, let's, 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 so in terms of the zone macro split generically, I mean, I think we could all agree that might, that could work for somebody. Yeah. I tend to like athletes on a 40, 30, 30 split, honestly. Mm -hmm. And then Um, so like calorically rather than a block system. I mean, if let's say this guy is in decent shape, how many cows do you want him eating per pound of body weight? Well, uh, Oh, cows per pound. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it depends on what his goal is somewhere in the, probably in the, I don't know, 17. Yeah. So like, and that's like, like so that's a tricky thing, right? We could start you off somewhere, but it, we got to evaluate performance. Right. And how big are you? I mean, if you're a competitive CrossFitter and you weigh 170 pounds, like that's a problem. So you Mm -hmm. need to be eating like 20 cows. And if you're similarly, what if you're 220? I mean, there's not. Yeah, unless you're just a hoss. I know one dude who was in the top 20 this year, regionals. Now, there might be more. But I know one guy specifically who was top 20 who was two, he was 220 pounds and he was a beast. Yeah. He was actually better at 220 than he was at 195. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily the – I mean, usually that's not the case with right. guys. So, so yeah, you would, you would knock him down some. And, but you can't go – what is it? You can't go below 10 or you really start to, like – I mean, fuck up your thyroid, your metabolism gets fully screwed. And I know when I was told designated zone blocks, the amount of calories I was on was laughable. So yeah. it didn't last very long. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of specifics that we don't know about. So it's like, dude's got to earn his carbs first off. And it sounds like he is training. So throw carbs in the mix, roughly that 40, 30, 30 split. And then uh, red flag for me is food variety as well. Cause right we need to see some other meats in there. We need to see a variety of veggies, like we say, Roy G. Biv. But Tyler, anything to jump onto that? Um, I mean, you you hit all the, the main points. My thing, again, it's an unknown. We don't know if this guy's working towards aesthetics or what, but one thing I tell people a lot if they tell me that, you know, they're a competitive level CrossFit, CrossFitter, um, CrossFit competition is their goal, I don't want to hear anything about aesthetics because they should have already. I mean, like, you're, we're not worried about that. We're, we're assuming if you were a competitive level CrossFitter, you're already lean. Like, we don't. That's we're, we. If you know, if you've got to do one before you do the other. Um, but if you're at that level, you're already a pretty lean guy. So we shouldn't be worried about that. We're just we're eating for performance, and, and you cannot eat for performance um, in anaerobic activity if you're not eating carbs. Um, you know, so it's things we don't know. We don't know. You know, it sounds to me like maybe he's he is now starting a competitive CrossFit plan. He's doing what a lot of people do when they, when they start hitting it hard and that he's eating extra healthy, but in doing so, a lot of us avoid things that we've been told were bad. Um, and you know, we start eating really healthy, but we leave out the carbs. So again, definitely, definitely has to be doing the carbs, um, following the zone diet. Just make sure you're not doing some zone block calculator or just some random recommendation of exactly how many blocks you should get. Um, eat, as many blocks as you need to perform as great as you can perform. 
And if you are making any of those zone blocks out of zone bars or any of that other crap, I will find you and I will kill you. <laughs> oh, dude, I fucking listen. There was a t- there was a time in my life, Tyler, where I would fucking buy a box of zone bars. And I'm not. Uh, I'm not proud of it, but you got to learn, man. Yeah, you do. Experiences. But this was before Rob Wolf had a fucking podcast and everybody got all the free information from yeah. everybody who's super fucking smart and oh. gets lost in the minutia like where I used to get lost, which is like I need to stop charring my burgers because of free radical contaminants and shit. Like, <laughs> dude, I went to a dark place and uh, like, oh, yeah, you know, and I, I, I just don't think I hope absolutely, dude, we, we've given the guy more than enough. But just start there. You have to start somewhere, and then you've got to just be smart enough and, I guess, get in touch with your inner competitive athlete to determine if you're performing the way you know you can perform. And, uh, and I guess, be sharp enough to know how to tinker, right? Because that's what it all comes down to. But all right, barreling forward, kids. Uh, who's my next guy? <laughs> Fat Bastard123. Here we go. Um, he's all over our shit too. He's a good dude. Um, so I'm about to start a job where I'll be working two days on four days off. Uh, so 48 hour shifts. I'm considering getting a subscription to Pete's paleo just for when I'm on shift, uh, which I'm, I'm assuming is like a food delivery. You guys know this? I don't know. I'll Google it. Yeah. It's a, it's a meal prep. Like you order meals from him. Okay. I think so this dude's like, if, I think if I try to, I should just finish the question before I fucking stop. So he goes, continues on. Uh, I think if I tried to do my own food prep, I'd end up just not doing it and then eating shit for the whole shift. Uh, he's currently on our grindstone programming, uh, which is our flex program. So he's got two heavy days, two medium days, two light days. Uh, he'll be working 48-hour shifts. He currently weighs 280 pounds uh, and he wants to drop 50 pounds yikes uh thoughts on best pre-made meal services stop doing shift work first <laughs> of all yeah so that's you you're, he's stacking the, the cards against him right right um i don't know i'll let you guys kind it's, of pontificate i'm a little confused about his question because he basically said what's the best pre-made meal service but then he kind of was alluding to like i think i'm gonna do this mm-hmm. Is it, is he asking, is it a good idea? I mean, so how about this? Just generally, what are your thoughts on, on like forking up money for pre-made meal? I think do it. If you can't get your shit together, honestly, Yeah. if you can't meal prep and you got a company that you like, or you can work with like in the kind of allotted macros and stuff that you're doing, um, go ahead and do it. It's worth the extra money to not stress about it and to get it right. I think, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those things that you're sacrificing. Obviously, you're going to pay a shit ton more. But, I mean, if it keeps you being 280 pounds and working night shifts, like, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Even though you're going in the right direction, if you can pay, you know, sacrifice a little bit, pay a little extra to make sure that your nutrition is where it needs to be to get yourself down to a much healthier overall weight. Well, I guess I don't know how tall he is. But um, well, he's trying to drop 50. So it, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, for sure. Well, and his name on Instagram is Fat Bastard. So that's, <laughs> I don't know. Tyler, you got any experience on this? Um, I don't really have much experience when it comes to meal prep services. I just agree. If you can't do it yourself and getting a service and you can afford it, getting a service is going to make a big difference and it's going to allow you to eat healthy. 
then yeah, by all means, that's, that's, it's a no brainer. I would definitely do it. Um, again, just find one that's, you know, going to not just treat you like everyone else and give you the amount of macros that you need. But again, brands, I'm just not sure on. Yeah. I, well, I guess I'll, I'm going to go to, I'm going to give you two routes here. Cause I'm the cheapest fucking guy around. Right. And when it comes to this, like there's two, you're, you're sacrificing two things, right? You're either going to fork it up or you're going to have really bland food because if you have, here's the thing, you have four fucking days off. What's going on there? How is there not food prep during those four days? True. Right. And, um, and I get it. Hey, maybe there's something going on. Who do, what, who am I to fucking say? Okay. But I just think that you got to find a stride and you got to get a system. And it's just like writing any sort of program. Uh, you know, you can write yourself a meal prep deal, or if you can't do that, have one of you fucking guys do it. Write up, write up a bulk, like a bulk meal prep. Like, so how do I prepare for a week? Like, first off, I just, I'm 33 years old. have been cooking for uh, in eight years, nine years for myself and whoever else has been lounging around. I just bought a rice cooker. What was I fucking thinking? Like you should have a rice cooker. I still have a, have a rice cooker. Right. Well, you have like a, some magic thing. I don't, I've never even heard of that does everything pressure cook. Yeah. It's the combo. That shit is good. I never use it though for rice cooking. I just, you can cook rice in 20 minutes on the stove. I don't got time for that. Cause I have a small stove. I've got other things going on in there. You know what I mean? Anyways. So here's my next, next thing. So first off, what's going on in the four days, sack it up, get a big fucking Pyrex dish, start making casseroles, get a crock pot, start making goulashes or whatever. And like on those Pauline meals, she's got a couple of bulk ones that are are good. Yeah. And then figure out, you know, always get your veggies, get your greens, get your Roy G Biv in there. And, uh, but if you can't, uh, sure. Try Pete's paleo, but I'm going to throw a plug out for a couple of friends that helped me in dire situation at the CrossFit games. We're all living foods. These people are the nicest people. Uh, we had a games debrief episode. It had to have been the end of July. I don't know what number it is, but long story short, Tex and I were stranded for like six hours and these fucking people stayed by our side and gave us snacks and like told stories and fucking campfire shit. Like, for six hours with us till 11 o'clock and made sure that we got towed home. Uh, so they're super, super nice. And I would I, honestly give them a, give them a look. Uh, they, they were very, very passionate about what they do and very nice people and very honest. And uh, I don't know, give them, give them a shot, see what's up there or get a fucking crock pot. So there's my rant. Does that help? Do you guys, uh, is that, was yeah. that within nutrition guidelines? It's uh, totally yeah. within the guidelines. <laughs> All right. So, Let's go here. Do you guys want to go keto? Uh, keto. I do not want to go keto. Well, not like literally us follow oh. it, but we got some oh. keto questions. Got Let's get it. it. Oh, okay. All right. So, I mean, I don't even know how to answer this. Like, I don't know where the claim comes from, but this comes from uh, Matt Garvey. Any merit to a targeted ketogenic diet? This is targeted in quotes. The idea of strategic placement of carbs around your workout and remaining ketogenic for all other meals. Isn't that what we do? I mean, essentially. But I don't know. I think, I don't know if he's carving up, you know, in excess of that because we, we restrict carbs pretty low. But it, I don't like think maybe, you could possibly do more excess than what we, and the keto. Yeah. So I guess what he's saying is leaving ketosis for your for your training but the answer is I, I don't know why you would do that because the idea behind being keto and training and correct me if i'm wrong guys is to try and drive fat adaptation and use 
the fats you're consuming as your energy source. I honestly think he doesn't understand. He's not talking about targeted keto. I think he's talking about more like what people say, metabolic flexibility, where the body at rest on a low carb type, or you could call it a keto type diet is utilizing fat for fuel. And whenever you shift to your glycolytic or your higher, you know, your, your exercise and you're feeding the body carbs, it shifts to carbs for fuel and back and forth so that you're not just a sugar burner or not just a fat burner. And that's what you try to create kind of with the earn your carbs idea, which is what we do. So when he's saying targeted keto, I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> Basically. So it's, it's really, we're just kind of talking about cycling some carbs and staying yeah, that's what as low like. carb as you can. Right. When you're not, yeah. When you're not like, you know, eating for your work, your workout or your training, mm -hmm. I'm assuming. Okay. So Tyler, so anything good. on that? No, I mean, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm with Lay on that. My, again, I'm just not sure how you could really eat any amount of carbs over kind of what we have you eaten and still remain ketogenic. It's not, you can't just be in and out of ketogenesis, like, or, uh, like in the same day. Like it, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not something you can just one meal gets you ketogenic the next meal you're out, the very next meal you're back in. Just, well, it, it just can't work. Out. And I guess, see, people, here's, we're, we're going to tap into our keto protocol in a second. And maybe this is a good spot to, like, okay, so hang on. First off, I guess we have to say there's really merit in almost everything, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's like kind of the true therapeutic ketogenic diet where right. there is not a significant amount of carb cycling, where we are regularly carb cycling every week. Right. Because, uh, it's more of the anabolic approach by influenced by Moro Di Pasquale. So that's where our keto approach comes with. So we're still, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's a bit of a slippery slope. Like, okay, there's merit in it, but if we were talking, so what are, what are we talking about? We're talking about performance. Like, listen, um, the, the, keto may not be the best thing for you. If you're a performance whore trying to get, the most out of your training or your competition and you're using food for fuel. But if you're using it for health reasons, then yeah, maybe that's a way to stay active enough and get a strong enough workout in to maintain insulin sensitivity and carb sensitivity. I don't know. Now I'm just kind of getting out of my wheelhouse. So I'm hoping some of you guys, you jump in and tell me I'm wrong or right. No, I mean, you, you, you've got pretty much spot on. I mean, it all goes back to, again, as we were discussing um, before, and then we have another question that I don't want to get into yet until we really answer that one. But you just have to decide if you should be on a keto, a keto diet or not. It's just, mm -hmm. it is a, like a lot of the people who are on a keto diet, like, like John, you know, uh, you know, I, I know we get a lot of people asking questions because John is a jack dude who does a keto diet, but I'm willing to bet if John John would much rather be able to eat a normal high carb diet and get the results he gets from keto. He just doesn't, mm -hmm. um, you know, so people, we, you know, we're, we're not choosing keto for any reason or, you know, like we don't need to choose it for any reason other than like, it is going to improve my quality of life. Right. It is, it is a, it is a medicinal nutritional tool. Yeah. And I guess totally. It, it, absolutely which is why I guess let's get into this next one. Okay. So 
Uh, who? Ah, shit, I should have just said who had this question. Who I have. Okay, so this is from Pablo Diablo. <laughs> Pablo RL Diablo. Okay, so my man Pobs says, I have the Power Athlete HQ Keto, Keto Nutritional Template. Uh, is it advisable to use a HIT program, high-intensity interval training? Uh, CrossFit three to four times per week. Um, this guy says, I'm looking to get leaner and still have some gas left in the tank. Uh, God, you guys are, you guys take this one. Uh, no. still have some gas left no. in the tank performance wise. Uh, if, if at all possible, if not, what template do you suggest? Thanks. Performance or leaning. Mm -hmm. If he wants to get lean and perform, he should do leaning protocol. Keto protocol again is not advisable for doing well, well, I mean, I guess it kind of depends. Cross it three to four times a week. What are we talking about? What right. kind of are we talking about? Yeah, if it's, tw if it's yeah. 20 minute Metcons and things like that, you're going to be fine. And right. also, keto will work, but you have to understand it's after that third or fourth workout, you're going to be in a dark place. Yeah. Because you're going to have basically no, it, you're going to, it's going to be a dark. It's just going to be a dark place. You need a lot of coffee. Okay. And I'm speaking from experience. Right. So if you're the type of guy who um, like truly does like if you're a picky eater and you have are very particular on the foods that you like to like massage your palate, uh, keto's rough because you don't get a lot of variety in there. It's a lot of bland veggies and meats and spices and stuff, but you also it's a, it, it is a drudge through some workouts and not all the time. Sometimes you hit it and you hit the stride, but the, there are some definite dark days where performance wise, you're not going to feel it. You're just not, you know? So I think the problem here is like, you have a conflict of a conflict of goals. Like if you want to perform with the keto, that's one thing. If you want to lean with the keto, that's another, but those two do right. not mesh. Well, those are, that's not a good pairing. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that you can't. And you know, but he said it in his question. I still want to have some gas left in the tank. If at all possible. Like yeah. you're not going to have it. And if you're okay with that, fine, go for it. Unless you're a complete beginner, the, the newbie effect, when we talk about that, sometimes at the seminar, you can eat really low carb. I mean, I don't know if you go straight keto, but like low carb, moderate protein, higher fat, and start doing CrossFit and you're crushing it for a while. And then you hit this point where you stop crushing it. Um, so where are you in your evolution as an athlete mm -hmm. also kind of matters. Cause I got a lot of people at my gym who, when they first start out, they come in they're overweight, they're, you know, haven't been doing shit for 20 years and they hit a, they hit a pretty low carb diet, start working out, you know, three days a week and then up to four or five days a week. And they're killing it for a while. I mean, some of them about a year before they really hit the like, okay, I can't break through my plateau. I don't feel great in the gym anymore. And that's when we really like cut the, the low carb and put some stuff back into their diet. So it kind of depends on where he is. But yeah, I mean, get leaner and perform. That's just tough right there. That's tough anyway, even if you're not doing keto. I want to get leaner but perform. To get leaner, you got to be on a calorie deficit. To perform, you don't. So there's really, I mean, those two things in and of itself really are, are challenging. You have to think of your, your athletics and your, your sport as cyclical. Are you in a leaning phase when you don't care about performance and you're leaning, or are you in a performance phase? 
and you shouldn't do your leaning phase coming right up like any time that's important for you. So like with CrossFit athletes, don't try and start leaning in January when the open is four weeks away. Like that's not, you should be leaning now and not caring as much about performance and then ratchet it back up to performance afterwards. So. Yeah. And I, I guess I would say probably the best way if you're, if you're hell bent on, on keto for, for a leaning s- protocol or leaning strategy um, and you there's some other, I don't know, I'll, ulterior motive to follow it and you still want to train um you you just got to kind of auto-regulate you know relative perceived effort because if you're going on a dark day and you try to smash it it could start to work against you and even if you feel great and you try to smash it it could fuck up the rest of your week so it's it's really sensitive uh, or i found myself to be really sensitive in that vein so a better approach might be like especially if you're doing our carb refeeds on the weekends your heavy days should be earlier in the week and then maybe have more of a like classic aerobic style workout later in the week as you're approaching, um, uh, you know, you're approaching your, your carb refeed, something that could be like step mill or versa climber or go for a walk with a weighted vest and then do some bodybuilding stuff or maybe some, maybe some like heavy singles or, you know, dynamic movement type shit. Um, I'm just trying to think like, yeah, yeah. Aerobics utilize fat more so than, than mm-hmm. carbs anyway. So if you if you stacked your programming where in the beginning of the week you had your like really glycolytic, high intensity, short, heavy shit, and then kind of drifted into more like accessory exercises plus aerobics, like a 20-minute but like not intense kind of Metcon, but you know, like kind of a chill one, that might work too. All right. So I know I queued up another question, but we're going to, we're getting, we're going back to the carb. The carb is now in. Okay. The carb doesn't, isn't the bad guy. You just got to know how to work it. Right. So, uh, my guy Vic and his girl Gina, uh, they often argue about what the better power breakfast carb source is. All right. So he's on team pancake. She's on team waffle. So what, okay, listen, what are we going to vote? Cause he's asking me, but we're all taking it to a vote. Are you a pancake or a waffle? Or are you more of like a French toast? Uh, just just base level pancake or waffle. We don't get to choose toppings. Are we just going base level here? Dude, okay, let's let's go to questions. We'll start base level. What are you gonna do? Uh base level, just pancake. It's just it's easier. Leah, what's up? I'm gonna be really picky here. So <laughs> okay. If I'm at a restaurant like if I go to Austin, Texas, and I go to Kirby Lane Cafe where they have fucking amazing gluten-free pancakes, I'm going to go pancake because I don't like it crunchy. But if I'm at my house, I have a waffle maker because I don't have time to sit at the stove and fucking flip pancakes for mm-hmm. 10 minutes while everyone else is eating pancakes and I'm still cooking pancakes because that shit's not cool. So right. at home, I'm going to go waffle. That's and pretty good. Yeah, I'm a I'm a peanut butter topping person. Interesting, as opposed to the syrup. I'm not real big on syrup. I'm a peanut butter and jelly topping kind of person. What? I know. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. I mean, couple couple shocking couple shocking questions to throw in here. One, believe it or not, I've never had a waffle. What? In never your had life? a waffle in my Why? life, other than like Eggo waffles out of the toaster. I've Can we get your mom on the phone? Yeah, go for It'd it. Be like, why have you never had a waffle? I just, you know, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm, 
I don't like the idea of the two geometric shapes clashing juxtaposed amongst one another around with squares. That just doesn't, I don't know. Maybe that's it. You gotta, you gotta think of those, those squares. You have to think outside the box and think of those squares as syrup holding pockets. But this is where things get tricky because I'm with Leia. I'm not a syrup guy. Uh, I go yeah. peanut butter or nut peanut butter, butter, something on there. That's what I do. That's the way see, I do things. See, for me, I, I like the peanut butter, but that's why I chose pancakes. Like with pancakes, it's easier just to put something like for me. I, you know, there's I've I've made like gluten free homemade pancakes before and just put peanut butter on them and literally just picked them up and ate them as I did stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what I'm that. talking about. So Folded them over like a taco. Didn't even need, you know that's dude. That's that's, that's how I do it. So. Sorry, Gina, you're out. Team Waffles out, pancakes in. Unless, of course, you're, you know, have, uh, I guess, a tasty waffle maker that autopilots it for you, which that sounds pretty interesting, Leah, because yeah. I don't have time to flip either shit either. Maybe no. I'm, I might convert. Now, here comes another kitchen appliance I'm going to go fucking buy. Fucking waffle. You know what else you can waffle? Everything. Really? You can waffle sweet potatoes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I shred it. Yeah, you shred sweet potatoes. You mix it with like egg, an egg. I think you can, and you can waffle it. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! You Dang. can also waffle. I have a waffle maker, and I didn't know. Scramble. That. Yeah, you can scramble eggs, and if you want to get really high tech, you can use a blender, and you can do eggs and spinach and shit in the blender, and you can waffle that. Dude, I, I mean, think we're doing it wrong. Mind blown. All right, I'm. I may I may change my my mind, Gina. So chill out. Don't worry. We're gonna have to come back <laughs> and revisit this, okay? Yeah. But uh, now that we're on the carb, let's talk about carb backloading, right? So, what are your, our thoughts on carb backloading and the specific macro split of protein, carb, and fat percentage wise? Uh, and this is for somebody following a CrossFit football style program. I'm I'm not. I personally just don't. I don't like carb backloading, but it's more. It's more for the fact I have kind of an – I normally have a pretty active day anyway, so I don't like keeping all my carbs to the end of the day like I like. You know, actually, I like to eat more carbs at night than during the day for sure. I just don't know that I'd necessarily call it backloading because I don't eat like 90% or, or anything at night. But I like carb loads at the end of the day because you can sometimes – it sometimes helps you sleep. Some of the research shows – um, also it kind of depends some people who eat carbs in the morning and I'm more like this. If I eat a higher carb breakfast, it tends to set me up for wanting more carbs throughout the whole day. Whereas if I eat a lower carb breakfast, most of my training really lately has been in the, towards the afternoon, then it, I'm good for the, for the day. And then I can have a big carb meal after my training. Um, I don't know. Percentage wise, I, I tend to, I mean, I eat probably at least, I'll eat about 50% maybe at night if mm-hmm. I'm kind of back, quote unquote, backloading. Um, but it kind of depends. So this guy needs to, if he's CrossFit football style programming, really the big question I have is what time of day you're training? Because I think it's better to, to not carb backload, but to, to put your carbs around your workout. And so if you get up and train at 6 a.m. like you guys do, I don't really feel like carb backloading is going to be the best answer for him or the best idea. I guess try it. And, and I yeah. only say this because this has come up at the seminar a few times, and there are people that are like wed to the idea of doing it, and they insist they perform better. Well, try it. But see, I'm, I'm on the guy's site, and I mean, shame on me. I haven't read the guy's book. 
uh, or his $57 ebook if I buy now in 13 minutes. But, um, you know, all he's pitching here is like fat loss, you know, fat loss, fat loss, fat loss. Um, and he's talking about eating fucking like uh, eat the food you love at night and shit like that. So it's like, there was another guy that these are this, this is like warning signs, but I guess, um, if you top off, if you have excess carbs at night and then you're, let's say not going to be able to, even your training first thing in the morning, you're probably not going to have a big meal. Then maybe give it a try. See if it works. Right. So, um, I, I personally don't, I try to avoid a lot of carbs at night because I find I get shittier sleep. So there you fucking go. And that's just me anecdotally. And I know other people are different. So this is where some of this stuff gets tricky. But um, in terms of a split, 50% of your carbs at night if you're training in the morning doesn't sound like a bad thing. Yeah, protein should yeah. still stay, stay evenly split throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things we talk about too. Like when, And you guys know working with your meal planning people. Like it's, we, we tend to start very simple and then start to tinker with the carbs, right? That's one of the things that performance starts to be a, an issue. So absolutely could be merit behind the carb backloading thing. So, um, I don't know. I hope we answered my man's question to, uh, fully for him, but anything else on that guys? No, I mean, I, again, I think it all just depends on when he's working out. That's going to be the, the major factor. Cause if he's working out at night, he's kind of doing a little bit of a, more carb back, not really a backload, but he's going to be bulking his carbs at night time anyway. So, and if mm-hmm. you're working out in the morning, I don't see a purpose for a carb backload personally. Right on. So let's talk about the bulk. Okay. My man, C Robinson, 1683. He's saying for bulking, is there any difference uh, between, uh, so there's, you know, okay, bear with me people. Is there any difference advantages to eating uh, multiple smaller meals throughout the day versus a fewer larger meals? Question. Not really. I mean, it depends on when, especially when it comes to bulking, you are eating a ton of food and it's really hard to eat that much food. So you need to choose the amount of meals that allow you to hit the macronutrients you need. So if you can, if you can bang it out in three meals, that's fine. But most people have a really hard time eating that amount of food in fewer meals. So, you know, it's more of just personal preference and, you know, how you're going to be able to, to fit it all in. I'm with you on that. I mean, in going through the bulk, I found it easier, relatively busy days. I just found it easier with fewer meals, you know, uh, just fucking just get it going. And honestly, eventually it just kind of self-regulates because you're so fucking full you, even though you have a big meal, you're just going to break it up into two meals because yep. fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I, the one thing I would say if for those on the bulk is variety is absolutely fucking essential because if you start to smash yourself with the same foods over and over, I found myself just uh, fucking up my micro, my blood work, you know, and uh, so get keep variety as tempting as it is to just eat the same shit over and over mix up the meats, mix up the veggies, mix it up. Um, and then also you'll probably stay sane and you won't develop like a, an animosity towards a certain food. You're like, fuck scrambled eggs. Cause I will never eat scrambled eggs again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but, um, all right, let's talk leaning. We just went from the bulk. 
now we have a question on lean. Um, this is Kay, uh, Casey Foote. Uh, for the leaning program, what's the duration? I've made some serious cuts, 195 down to 168, uh, 34 inches to 30 inches over about six months. But now I feel like I need to actually put some muscle on before doing a cut again. Uh, do you have any indicators, markers you guys use for when it's time to switch it up? Uh, I'll still, you know, Rob Wolf's tagline, and that's how you look, feel, and perform. I mean, there's, there's not really a, you know, like I, I would base it off of that. I don't, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, is, is there anything, uh, let's say this person's a newer individual. Like what, what, are, what are some, what was their first time going through a big weight loss? Like what, you know, stagnation, for example, is that like a good thing to, like maybe a good sign to switch things up a bit? Um, yeah, possibly. But what I've, what I've found when people start to stagnate, on weight loss, what happens is they stagnate and then they just, they get discouraged and they get through that. Like, oh man, I'll, you know, I'll just never be lean and they give up. Um, me personally, man, I've, I've had, a, I've done a few different things. What I've found here lately is some of these people that they're losing weight, especially if they lose weight pretty quick and then they begin to stagnate. I've actually been adding a little bit more into their diet and then they, they start losing weight again. Um, reason being is, you know, you can look at it a few things. They've, they've kind of repaired their metabolism. So their metabolism is working better now. Um, so they can handle the more food. Um, or, you know, they're a little bit lighter, they're in better shape. So they're actually working harder in the gym. So they need this additional food to, you know, like really get them through the workouts and give them that push. Um, you know, so there, there's a few ways to look at that. All right, cool. Right on. Leah, anything else on that one? I think performance is a big indicator as far as weight loss. Like I said, with the people that I've dealt with in my gym personally, they'll, I mean, we've had some, you know, 30 pound losses, 50 pound losses, whatever, but all of them reach this point where they start performing more like their performance suffers. So they were getting better and better and PRing and dropping weight and they're getting faster. And then all of a sudden they're like, man, I just don't feel like I've got the gas to get through these workouts right now. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, sometimes they'll get sick. So like if you get a cold or like respiratory infection kind of stuff, that's a sign that something's not quite right. Um, and it's time to add some more food. And then sometimes I think if you're just mentally like done, then you need to take a break, put some more food back in your diet. Um, you know, how's your mood? Are you, are you feeling almost like kind of, depressed or you, how's your motivation that's all signs that you know you're you could be under eating or your body's you know more stressed than it needs to be take a break from leaning you know start to cycle some food back in not like ridiculous amount obviously otherwise you could potentially undo some of the work you've done but put some food back in don't freak out if the scale goes up a little bit you know like five pounds or whatever that's not a big deal and then you know, do that for a few months and then you could go on another cut. Um, so that's kind of what I look at. Performance is more important. I think I would say even than aesthetics because it could take you years to get to the leanness that you really want to get to. And you're not going to be on a diet the whole time or you shouldn't be. Your metabolism will get fucked up. So there has to be breaks in your diet. So look at your performance, look at your sleep. Is your sleep shitty? All that kind of stuff. Um, 
if you look good, feel good, and you're still making gains and still dropping weight, then hey, push it for a little bit longer. But when you start to have that like lag in the gym, sleep's bad, stressed out, you know, things are bothering you more than they used to, maybe you don't have any motivation, you don't want to work out, then obviously something's going on and you need to most likely add some food back to your diet. Um, I couldn't shit. I can't be on a cut more than, <laughs> I don't know. I think I've done a cut for like four weeks before it was like the longest <laughs> time I ever tried to do a cut. And then I was like, fuck this noise. Where's my food? Well, it's like, uh, well, it has to go also with like kind of speed, right? How fast do you want to try and get this thing? Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree with, with yeah, what I said, but I'll, not always a good thing. yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that too. But I agree with her. The only thing I would add really is, when you go out of that cut, have a plan. Already have a plan ready. I mean, have a plan yeah, for what you're going to do after the cut because when you've got done, you know, when you've just finished a leaning program, if you don't have a plan to, you know, responsibly add food back in, you're just going to add unreal amounts back in. You're just going to do it, trying to hit that new set point. So have a plan for that. And then or I would, I would already be prepared for the next cut. I mean, I don't know necessarily that I'd say, okay, I'm going to do a month of bulk thing, go right back to it. Cause heck man, you might, you might do the cut. You might start back with eating a little bit more and like the way you look, feel and perform better during the bulk. Um, but 100% have a plan for both. No, good stuff. And then I guess I'm, I'm reading this and thinking up a different interpretation because uh, we do offer a leaning protocol, which is, you know, our meal template spreadsheet. And, that there is no timeline to that. That's a multi, we offer two phases that last, basically you, you jump back and forth as you as you want. You know, we recommend six weeks on phase one and then uh, six to eight weeks on phase two and then pop back and forth, you know, and it's just like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it also. So, I mean, there's a lot of flexibility with that thing. So there is no, it's not a, it's infinite, I guess. That's how long the leaning protocol could be used, you know? So I, I guess I just, as you guys were talking, I was reading through the question. I saw that. I kind of got that interpretation as well. But um, anyways, let's, I, I, where, I was, where do I want to go with this? Where should we go? Um, I'll give you guys a little bit of break because I, I, can, I can talk to this next question from Sir Paul Kelly. Uh, we, you guys recently had Peter Ballerstedt ruminant agriculturist, agriculturalist uh, on the podcast, and he threw some shade on the grass-fed beef concept. Uh, did this change your meat selection? Is grass-fed a fad? Okay, so basically just to give some, some insight and some background on this, uh, John saw uh, Peter talk at Ancestral Health Symposium, I think in 2012, or I'm pretty sure 2012. Um, and if you Google it, he, you can see the whole talk on YouTube. But basically what he talks about is like, hey, listen, you know, within the paleo circles and the ancestral health circles, we're touting the benefits of grass-fed beef for these purposes, uh, a fatty acid profile, uh, and maybe some sustainability, and uh, this, that, and the other thing. And, and basically he went through and provided all sorts of data that really showed those claims to be unsubstantiated. Now, uh, what he didn't say necessarily, necessarily is that grass-fed is a fad and it's a you know that it one's better or worse but it, it just kind of brought to light uh our position shifted a bit in the sense that we were really steadfast and held strong on like hey 
you should be eating grass-fed beef. But now what it provided us is just a little bit of flex room where it's like, hey, listen, the question isn't are you eating grass-fed beef? It's just is beef a part of your diet? Because uh, it has a great amino profile, has, uh, it has a fatty acid profile that doesn't seem to be too problematic for us. Um, it's relatively or it's readily available. It's affordable. Uh, and it's a great source of protein. So if you, this may be a shocker to you if you're new to our podcast, but here's a public service announcement. You need to have a relatively high protein diet if you are training to perform. And even if you're training to get bigger and stronger and better or trying to look better, uh, the amount of work and stress, we just find that animal, the animal flesh, animal proteins is the best protein source to facilitate the adaptation we're looking for, which is increased size, strength, power, speed, right? So, right, I guess what it comes back to is perhaps the fact that you go to whole fucking foods and you go to try a buy a, a pound of minced beef and you go buy grass fed and it costs almost twice as much. Maybe the, the, the premium imposed on that product probably isn't worth it. Like you'd be better off ensuring that you're spending your money if you are on a tight budget on getting nice fresh wild caught fish and really good quality fish in your diet or uh you know good quality pork good quality chicken because those we tend to see a lot more problematic issues with kind of the the farm raised and the mass produced versions of that so that's where we hold on to that now me personally um i i i'll buy grass-fed beef ground beef um from the market if it's on sale and I'll buy it in bulk. And that usually covers to the next sale. Uh, if I could find an affordable and local cow, uh, grass-fed uh, local farmer here in California, which it doesn't fucking exist, everything's so expensive, um, I would do that too. Um, when we go out to restaurants, if there's a grass-fed steak, I'm ordering grass-fed steaks. Like that's just kind of how I am. But I just, I used to trip out on it. I just don't trip anymore. And I don't know, uh, Tyler, Leia, I know you guys listen to the podcast as well. I don't know if, if you have a position that you want to take on this either way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, man, it, it, it's really one of those don't get wrapped around the axle. Like, you know, if you can do it, do it. I, you know, I, I personally believe, I mean, I'm, I, it's going to be kind of funny, but I'm, I'm, but I'm dead serious. The, one of the best nutrition rec, you know, investments I ever did was buy a $300 rifle. Um, and uh, seriously, uh, go hunt, man. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. So in, you know, in one year I killed four, you know, in one weekend I killed four deer and two years later, like I'm, I still have deer meat and eat it weekly. Um, you know, but then I killed more of the next year and all that, you know, I kill several deer a year and like I end up giving meat away and it is, it's a, it's grass fed. You know, B, it's cheap because, you know, I, I paid $300 for the rifle, a few hundred dollars for the scope, you know, pay the money to the processor, which I do a lot of the processing myself. And, dude, it's, it's some of it's canned, some of it's frozen. Um, again, you know, it sounds kind of funny, but I'm, I'm also 100% serious. Or if you have a, a friend, like a hunting buddy friend, like, man, all, like, we all like hunting, but, you know, sometimes – we, we, we enjoy it, but I mean, I, I, there's been times I've let a deer walk just because frankly, it, it wasn't big enough to justify it. Cause I had so much meat in my freezer. I didn't want to clean and gut the thing and then, you know, not need it. Um, you know, so I've, you know, I've had friends before now, you know, like 
hey, you know, like next time you kill a deer, I'll give you fifty dollars for all the meat. Okay, cool. Um, you know, so I'm 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 super pro hunting for that reason. Um, anytime someone tells me they're against hunting, I tell them they better be a vegan. Uh, but you know, it's a, it, it's funny, but I'm one hundred percent serious with it too. I mean, it's it's either hunt or go find you a you know make friends with a hunter. That's the it's the best way to get grass fed. Growing up, I mean, my uh, my old man's very avid hunter, and I I followed in his footsteps until college, and just haven't haven't found an opportunity yet. But um, you know, we always had venison, we always had bear, caribou. Uh, sometimes we'd fry up geese, but they just were fucking gamey. Uh, but duck, you know, like we had everything, you know, that's what, that was where a lot of our, our meat came from too. But then, you know, we had, we also had store-bought stuff. So it was kind of a mixture there as well, but I don't know. Like anything on that? I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts? Uh, well, we're pretty lucky that there's a, a farmer that delivers across the street from the gym. Uh, Yonderway farms, love them. They've been delivering to our gym for, I don't know, six years and they're super sweet family lives in Fayetteville and they do pastured pork, grass fed beef. They kind of play tinker around with like, well they do eggs and they, they play with like Turkey and they're getting into lamb. I think now, anyway, um, I don't order from them as much as I would like to honestly. Uh, they're, they do have some great prices on some stuff. Like you can get a bolt, you can get like a 10th of a cow and it's cheap whenever you buy it like that much cheaper than going and buying a steak from the from the grocery store but um timing wise like you have to put your order in a week before and then you got to go you know make sure you're there to pick it up or whatever so timing wise it doesn't work out all the time um but i i like to buy stuff from them when i can their eggs are the best and then other than that i mean shit i'll buy stuff on sale at the grocery store if i am in a pinch or or whatever. I don't, I try to buy organic, um, meat most of the time, but you know, it's sometimes that doesn't even happen all the time, just depending on what I, what I want. Um, so I don't, I don't really get hung up on it, honestly. Um, yeah. And I mean, it, it, like you said, budget wise, if you have to choose between eating, you know, not organic, not grass fed beef versus subsisting on ramen noodles like you <laughs> you need to go for the the not organic but eat some beef and some potatoes potatoes are cheap as shit so um so yeah i don't i mean i don't get i don't really get hung up on it the biggest reason honestly i think people should try to do grass-fed stuff if they've got a farmer is because it's a small business like that doesn't nothing to do with a health perspective for, for me, I like supporting that family. Mm -hmm. Like that's their livelihood. I'm supporting, I know exactly where, I mean, they just put so much passion into what they do. And I love that. And that's really the biggest draw for me is supporting that aspect of it, which I think a lot of people who are really hell bent on doing like the grass fed and everything are, they recognize the importance of that all these small farms that just, I mean, this is their life and this is what they do. And I appreciate anybody that, puts that much into what they're doing. Um, so, so that's really where my desire to eat more grass fed pastured, you know, local stuff comes from is supporting the actual family versus I'm going to be a healthier person. Sure. No, good stuff. So. All right. Barreling forward. Next question. Let's get a couple more in here, guys. 
Um, is it bad? Hopefully there's a softball. Uh, is it bad to eat mostly <laughs> the same every day, even if this consists of a lot of different and healthy food sources, objective terms, or I guess like, what does that even mean? Uh, for example, my breakfast is always the same with bacon, eggs, and oatmeal. And every day post-workout, I eat uh, chicken, even though, even though sand tastes better than chicken. That's a fact. Uh, get yourself Green Dragon from Trader Joe's. It's the best chicken sauce, uh, salsa ever. Green Dragon, do it. I'm, I don't have stock. It's just fucking good. Um, let's see. Uh, sweep, uh, after workout is uh, chicken, sweet potato, and broccoli. Uh, I heard this could be bad for your gut health. So let's talk variety. Yeah, I mean, it is very important to get variety. I, um, I'll speak from personal experience because I have a really hard time with it myself. It, it's probably my, my biggest thing is, and it's more, I have certain meals that I have figured out are easy to cook. And frankly, I just like them. I'm very boring. I could eat the same things every meal, every day for the rest of my life and never have a problem. So I'll get into the habit of just doing this and like it took me a while before I, I really, you know, I started mixing it up just to do it and I started noticing I felt better. Um, you know, and then this, this was, you know, years ago, back when I wrestled before I knew anything really about nutrition, but you know, like now, you know, putting the knowledge I know now back then, it was just the fact that I was providing my body new micronutrients and, and, you know, um, different vitamins and minerals and things that, you know, that's eating the same stuff every day. You're just not getting that variety. You know, food is, Food is a drug, man, and each 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 pill you pop is going to have a different effect. Um, uh, but it is true, you know. Every food has a different a different chemistry, and it's going to it's going to hit you a little bit different. So, you know, I do think you absolutely need to keep it varied. Um, I didn't see any vegetables listed in there, so I would definitely recommend you um, you know take advantage of the Roy G. Biv um, principles that that we are, and that's you know we, we have a really cool article, you know, colorful gains on the blog. Um, that you can see with that, but um, you know the the you know just to kind of put it simple, it's basically eating you know colors of the rainbow and vegetables, fruits and vegetables um, every day if you can. Try to hit it about every meal, um, but just keep it super colorful and varied because you know this is going to give you all the different micronutrients you need. But uh, you know I, I said a lot, but basically, yeah, it does make a difference. You need to make it as varied as you can. It still doesn't have to be you know you don't have to cook like emerald gossip. It doesn't have to be anything crazy mix it up some if you don't like chicken why are you eating chicken um, you know put it you know fix something else I, I used to love chicken and now i can barely handle it um you know so mix that up you know there's nothing wrong with red meat mm -hmm. um, let's get a later other, cut i mean yeah, yeah there's other options man but um and then you know we talk about roy g biv a lot but also different i mean get be a carnivore i mean there's lambs out there that need eating there's there's plenty of fish out there that need eating Go find a dolphin and eat one. You know what I mean? Like not flipper. Okay, so no dolphins. Uh, but you know, there's there's be, go go try different things. Like I I don't know. I just that's one thing that that I know I missed out on uh, before I before the bulk I was fine, but then after the bulk I had absolutely no seafood, no uh, no fish, and basically just beef, just chicken for 20 weeks, and it fucking crushed me. And just mm. just eggs, you know. So, um, be sure you're getting seafood in, be sure you're getting fish in there. Be sure you're getting, you know, other, other critters in there, you know, go find fucking Tyler and raid his freezer. See what, other, what weird things he has shot and frozen to, ready to eat, you know? 
let's just go hunting together. <laughs> like if you can, yeah. yeah, if you can, if you can hike, keep your mouth shut and, <laughs> you know, go, go hours without using the bathroom or, or anything like that. Let's, let's go kill stuff. You, those are literally my three superpowers. <laughs> go hours without going to the bathroom, hike, and then just shut up. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it takes man that's all it's you know like i've i've almost every deer i've ever killed i was actually reading a book reading a good i was reading a good book and out walked a deer so it doesn't have to be boring all right so we have ethan mack asking on tyler's uh uh instagram page or what, do you, what would you call it account page post on your post what am i fucking my grandpa <laughs> my grandma i don't know what it's called Listen, it's been a long day, okay? Give me a break. The internet was out. Um, so he asked Tyler, what's the best thing to eat before an early workout? He works out at 5.30 a.m. Uh, for an hour and a half session. The, the only problem with that is we like people to eat about 90 minutes pre-workout. So if you're working out at 5.30, I mean, this means you're, you, you know, ideally we would want you eating breakfast at 4. Probably not going to happen. I, I don't know that. It might. Um, if it can happen, then I want you eating breakfast at 4. Um, but if not... Like uh, at my gym, you know, the gym that I own, we have a 5 a.m. class and those people pretty much wake up, you know, put their chucks on and go work out. And what I have them do is, you know, kind of like the protein pulsing. Um, I tell them to, you know, fix the shake, fix like what we'd call an intra workout shake. But these guys are doing, you know, CrossFit where, mm -hmm. you know, we're a very, we're a very CrossFit football gym, but it's still kind of hard to eat that or drink that during a workout sometimes. So I have them fix it up. They start drinking it on their way to the gym. Um, and they try to finish it, you know, like before they get there. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of thing. I have some people they actually make it the night before. It's already ready for them. They give it a couple of shakes and they just start down it. You know, whey protein carbs. If you're doing that though, just make sure that you are doing a good meal like pretty soon after your workout. So a lot of people they that work out in the morning, I find they work out in the morning and they go straight to work. And, you know, that's a problem if you didn't eat in the morning. So um, make sure, you know, the protein pulse on the way to the gym, kill your workout, and then, like, you have to, have to, have to eat whole food, you know, within an hour of that workout. All right. Now next we got Cole Phillips 10. You got to wonder what the these numbers mean at the end of these names sometimes. Um, how long does it take for glucose to be composed into glycogen in order to, for it to be utilized by the body. Uh, and if carb loading in the morning before a conditioning session, uh, what should breakdown of post-training meals look like? Yeah. Oh, it's a two-parter. Yeah. Gotcha. I think, yeah. The, I think the answer we kind of talked about offline is still valid for both these questions. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, what are you setting your watch? What's this dude's name? Something 10? Uh, yeah, 10. Yeah, perfect. Cole Phillips, 10. 10. No, Cole, why do you need to know the exact time that your glucose is going to hit your cells for availability? I think we're getting a little anal here about, I don't know, performance. What it, I mean, what's the deal? Uh, basically, you need to – everybody's different. Everybody's biochemistry is different. Everybody's going to assimilate carbs at a different rate. I mean, you know, so – so I can't give you an exact like minute by minute account of when the sugar is going <laughs> to hit your blood. Um, so, but that the bigger question is why do you need to know that? 
I can. I mean, what we, what we tell people to do is just experiment. If you, if you need to know, like, how, when am I going to have energy to work out? Uh, you know, when should I eat? Really what it sounds like, when should I have my pre-workout carbs? That's basically what the question is, which is much. It's kind of what it feels like, but you know, it's like, it's towing the line of uh, the golden rule of don't be weird. Like, I think just a little misguided. So yeah, let's, let's try and give some advice on like actionable. What, what's the action that can be taken here? Yeah. So what should I, when should I have my pre-workout meal there? Let's do it that way. If you're doing uh, whole foods, right, Tyler, you said you, we like 90 minutes before for a meal. But if you're doing like a, like a shake, like an intro workout shake with like the, the glucose mixed with protein, whatever, then we have a much smaller window. Some people, but that still depends on, you know, who you are and how you perform. Some people can do a little bit 30 minutes before workout and they're fine and they feel that energy and they feel like they're fueled. Some people need a lar- longer amount of time before. So the answer is, I don't know what's going to work for you. Let's test this out. And then you can get back to us and say, well, the glucose hit my blood at 25 minutes and 15 seconds or whatever you're going to (laughs) do. So yeah, stop geeking out. Don't worry about it. Um, I mean, it it depends on the foods. Like she said, you're like, it does. And honestly, it doesn't matter. Like it just doesn't matter. I mean, I guess you could argue it does, but in the grand scheme of things, there are, there are much so, okay, this, I'm going to just fucking tell this story. I, I, it just came to me, you know, uh, and John told me this story a few years ago about the, the, when he, his, he burnt, his first car he bought was a Bronco and this old man comes out right after he buys this car, 16 years old. And, uh, you know, he looks at John and he's like, Oh, look, beautiful, beautiful Bronco, John. Um, you know, you want to, you want to get the best fuel mileage out of this Bronco. You need to wash and wax it every day. Right. And I usually throw this sucker up out uh, when we talk about this type of shit at the seminar. And, you know, you kind of scratch your head and you're like, what the fuck's he talking about? And that, you know, why would Papa Wellborn t- tell John that he needs to wash and wax his car every day to maximize fuel efficiency? And this is usually where I go, hey, raise your hand if you think he's lying. Raise your hand if you think he's right. You know, and there's typically like a 50-50 split, and then there's the other 50% who are just too lazy to raise their hand at a seminar. I don't even know why they're going. Uh, But um, here's what the deal is. He's absolutely right. Because by washing and waxing the car every day, you will minimize the amount of particulate matter on the surface of that car, thereby maximizing aerodynamics. And by having the most aerodynamic car, you're ensuring improved fuel efficiency. But where is your time better fucking spent? Make sure the fucking, you know, air filter's clean. Make sure that you've changed the oil. Make sure that the tire pressure's right. You know what I mean? So it's like there are bigger fish to fry here versus timing optimal glucose composition timelines based off of food consumption amounts. You know, like it's just like chill out, right? You're, you're tiptoeing on that be weird line and – um I don't know. That I just felt like going on a rant. I guess I, I got a I got an energy spike, uh, but yeah, my, my my glucose must just have converted. Um, just just don't be weird. Hit your hit some a nice balanced approach. Get some carbs in the about ninety minutes before, unless you're doing a shake like Leah said, and you'll be cruising. But um, I don't know, Tyler and Leah. Did you guys we're we're kind of through the list. Was there any questions we should tackle that we know people should be asking? Yes, I have a question for Tyler. Okay, I'll address that. Um, so, <laughs> is the leaning protocol that you guys have a weight loss 
protocol is it for weight loss oh interesting because the calories seem pretty high um cool i'd love to answer that one um so <laughs> here's the here's the thing <laughs> weight loss is weight loss is easy like it really is i mean you find out about how many calories a day you you know you you're you're moving you don't even really have to figure that out but if you want to go buy a fitbit and you just don't eat anywhere close to that amount and you're going to lose weight fast and that that's fact um losing weight is not that difficult but losing weight is a very very stressful thing on your body the body has set points the body reaches a set point and the body does not like to change it just it does not we we're not here in the business to make you lose a lot of weight really quick um i mean i can do that i can put you through a weight cut you know, if you follow it, you're, you know, we're probably not going to be really good friends afterwards. Um, but we can do it. Our goal is not to make you lose as much weight as possible really quick. Our goal is performance. So when we set the lean protocol, like, like the, the parameters, everything in that, it is to keep you just under what we have estimated based off of your feedback and based off of, you know, what, what you have entered into our system just under that that caloric range so just a slight calorie deficit and what that does is it keeps you slowly slowly chipping away at that but what happens is oftentimes people do this but then here and there they you know they have the cheat meal that becomes a cheat day um you know like oh you know i'm gonna get right back on the wagon monday they get right back on the wagon monday two mondays later you know they're off the wagon again and and what it does is where we have you just under what you need to lose weight if you're messing this up pretty often you're you're not going to be really under that that calorie deficit i mean you're putting yourself over um again we're trying to make you perform really well and lose weight and we're in it for the long haul um you know like we're not trying to sell you a diet that in a month you've lost all this weight and you know if you don't know what to do with it because we know you know whether you know it or not we know that if you lose a ton of weight in a month that weight's going to come right back really quick um, you know, if you, if you don't believe me, Google HCG diet. Um, it's, it's just the way it is. We're not in it for that. We're in it to give you the absolute best possible program. That's going to keep you losing weight slowly, um, in a way that is sustainable and that you're going to perform the way that you should. Um, and, and that's what the leaning protocol is. That's, that's why we don't call it a weight loss diet. We call it, you know, leaning, uh, it, it's going to lean you out but you have to trust it. You have to be honest about what you put in. If you take a week off, you don't need to be following it the way that you were when you were, you know, in the gym busting your butt every week. Um, you know, you have to, you know, if you, if you just bought our spreadsheet, you have to be honest with the spreadsheet. Um, man, and you just have to freaking do it. You have to be honest with it. You have to be strict, do it. If you're doing nutrition coaching or meal planning, if we tell you to do something, you've got to do it. Um, you know, you don't have to, but, if you want your after to match the goal. Yeah. If you, you know, want it and, to work. Yeah. If you want it to work, you have to do this. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not fussing at people or anything like that, but you know, like with having meal plans and, and nutrition clients, you know, the ones that are, are hitting it hard, man, they look freaking great and they're freaking killing it. The ones who aren't, you know, are the ones who, who always seem to find a reason of why they're having a hard time following it. Um, you know, and it's just, at the end of the day, you have to buckle down, decide whether or not you really want to, 
you know, it's kind of a rip off of uh, Ronnie Coleman, but I say, you know, like everyone wants to be in shape, but not everyone wants to get in shape. It's a big difference. Um, you know, one's a thing, the other one's an action. If you really truly want to lean out, like you have to be in it for the long haul, no excuses, buckle down, toughen up, leave your first world problems at the door and freaking do it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just something I work with some of the top UFC athletes in the world. And, you know, so I get it. Here's these guys who, you know, they sign a UFC contract and they're fighting for 50 grand and 50 grand. Well, guess what? I put them on a leaning protocol and you know what happens? They start to lose weight. Like, like well before I actually have them do the actual weight cut, they're still going to lose 10, 15, sometimes 20 pounds just following the recommendations. But what they're not doing because they're, you know, their, their butts are on the line and you know, their ability to pay bills is on the line. What they're not doing is cheating. Like they are following it to a freaking T um, and they're getting results. And you know, you, you just have to, you have to hit it with that level of intensity. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about this. You know, like if you've been to our CrossFit football seminar, um, you know, you know nutrition and recovery is the base level, the, you know, the base of our pyramid. If you haven't, you need to go sign up so we can talk to you about that. But I mean, we, we, man, this stuff is super important and we really believe in it, but I need, need, need you to hit the nutrition with the amount of commitment that you hit the gym. Like, like it's just gotta happen. It's all the time. I see people who are working out five, six days a week. Um, you know, they're killing it. They're doing everything. Their CrossFit coach says, but you know, nutrition's where they let the wheels fall off. And it's just, it drives me nuts. You can stop working out tomorrow and in six weeks, you will not be dead. You know, you will not be dead. But if you stop eating tomorrow, in six weeks, you're dead. My point is, food's really important. <laughs> there you have it, folks. And that's how we close the nutrition episode of Power Athlete Radio. Leo, that was pretty good, huh? That was good, man. I'm pa- I, I, I feel empowered now. I know. I need to get my shit together all the time. Got to get well, the pizza it. out of the oven. It, if it wasn't, if, if it wasn't, if it, if it wasn't dark on my end, you'd know that I'm holding a sword right now, like, <laughs> like, like charging. <laughs> so listen up, people. Uh, this is a good one. I like this one. I like, you know, the nutrition stuff is like ebb and flows because there's good. I'm not going to say bad questions. There's mis- people are just seem so easily misguided by this shit. And like, this is the battle, the bullshit oath that we take, right? It's like, listen, you got to slow down. Let's start here, baby steps and get your, get your head on. Right. And so we don't fucking get lost in the fog of nutrition, but um, listen, people, if you want to learn more about what we do with the nutrition stuff, powerathletehq.com slash nutrition, and basically everything's right there and it'll be all laid out for you. Or if you're too lazy and you want to email us, nutrition at powerathletehq.com. But um, I don't know. That was a good one, guys. Anything else? Anything else we got to throw in there? Um, no, I mean, nothing, nothing I can, all right. nothing I can really think of. Well, then that's it. A lot. That's it, lady and gentlemen. Um, have a good night guys enjoy your meals i know i'm going to or tyler i guess enjoy bedtime and uh, <laughs> i'm off to i'm off to germany tomorrow Ugh. all right guys well thanks for listening guys and uh we'll talk to you next week bye bye now it's time for you to empower your performance wade's army's fifth annual wade's day campaign has officially kicked off from now until november 12th we will be honoring the brave pediatric cancer patients battling neuroblastoma a tumor derived from immature nerve cells for 2016 we're embracing their valor and highlighting their nerves of steel 
Join the fight against neuroblastoma and help us reach our goal of fundraising $125,000. Enlist today at wadesarmy.org by clicking the Donate Now badge and claim your limited edition Wade's Army uniform. Every army needs a uniform. Until next time, bye!